0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Star Trek Reliant, a UGC podcast. Uh, Tonight, I will be your game master. My name is Geraldine Blackwell. (laughs) You're going to be so disappointed. Uh, With me also tonight are the ship's doctor, Dr. Eli O'Connor. So me. The ship's captain, Marcus Graves. Uh, Who made me captain?
1: Oh, yeah, you shang him, hide me into it. I guess I'll let everyone live this week.
0: There's the phrase voluntold for a reason. Our chief engineer, Rick
2: Teer. Hey, everyone. Good to see you again. And the
0: grumpy old Nord, who plays Chaplain Waitley, Grimnir the bartender, and Mary from Security.
3: Oi! How's it going?
0: And last but not least, if he's on his mic, we've got Chorog, who's a member of the engineering department and also just generally our Nausicaan muscle for hire. Yo. <clears throat> and tonight... As I said before, I'll be the GM, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, As we take us past the wonderful credits, which we don't tend to show anymore, the camera zooms in on a decrepit, aging space station, which the Reliant approaches slowly. Let me see if I can get this screenshot in there for the benefit of those who are actually playing the game.
1: Imagine, if you will, a screenshot. Although, if you followed us in the Foundry, you'll know what this location is. See it with your mind's eye. Looming, impressive, and kind of janky. I was about to say, at this point in time,
0: almost entirely janky. Sometimes the lights flicker in certain areas. But nonetheless, the USS Reliant is approaching Starbase Magellan. And we zoom into the bridge of the starship, and we see Captain Marcus Graves sitting in his officer chair as Kara Junrani turns around and says, "Uh, I think we're getting a hail. It's kind of hard to tell through all the static. Uh, on screen, I suppose? Uh, she taps a few buttons. Nope, voice only. That's all I got. This is Starbase Magellan. Um, Graves just gives Kara a look. Um, This station was abandoned, right? Kara taps a button to mute the incoming thing. Yeah, it was abandoned, but they've asked us to come down and have a look at it. They've had some folks fixing it up. I imagine we're going to get to the bottom of that pretty quick. Oh, okay,
1: gotcha. I was... Simply curious on what level of, um, anyway.
0: Well, I mean, it looks like like it's
1: vaguely operational. It's definitely got life support. Sorry, it's, it's, it's been a tough week. All right, uh, let's put him back through.
0: Um, hello? Can you hear me?
1: Uh, we can read you now. Uh, Starship Reliant here.
0: Ah, okay. Welcome to Starbase Magellan. Um, this is, um, this is Engineer Gas. Um, Hi. Um, we've got room for you to go ahead and dock if you want, but I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to beam over. The docking clamps are a little, um, temperamental.
1: We can beam over and also see to some of those repairs, um, to give you a few more options.
0: Oh, hey, thanks. We've only been here about 24 hours, but I think we've done a pretty good job so far.
1: All right. Sounds good. Um, anything we should be... Um, worry about? Um, power cables, life support fluctuations, any areas to the station to avoid. Well, most
0: of the panels are often open in areas we're working. You're probably going to watch where you step. Also, so you don't step on us.
1: Okay. Uh, right then. So, we'll go ahead and beam over and provide what assistance we can. Roger that. Engineer, gas out. Car turns
0: around. Did you just warn us not to step on them?
1: I suppose... Um, yeah. Well, just have to see. Uh, alrighty then. Um, so we need to assemble a way team for doing a proper introduction. Let's go ahead. Graves sort of leans back, a little bit weary, not quite on his usual rigid posture, a little bit more laid back, and says, alright, who needs a break? Let's go ahead and bring Rick over. Um, let's see. Checkers, if we can find him. Uh Mary would probably be a prudent choice. Uh Bryce as well as um myself. He kind of looks at Kara and just goes to the it has
0: that look of you want to come?
1: I'm fresh and you.
0: But I mean sure, why not? Can't be any worse than what you had me doing last week. I'm taken. Um alrighty then. Uh, Moon,
1: uh, Chaplain Waitley, you two have the bridge. We shall hopefully not be too long over there. Eli speaks up from the, the first
0: officer's turn. I. They have the bridge, what? Oh, sorry. El- what would you get on here? I've it's been okay. here for. He was busy talking about Mary like she wasn't here, and she's right behind him. What? <sighs> sorry. Sorry. Long night? night. Yeah. Still yeah. do for that mystical. How we scheduled that?
1: Uh no. It didn't it, it, it I can't hold it over your head if I actually schedule it. So if I just say let's go ahead and have a Tuesday, you're just going to decide which Tuesday I'm talking about, correct? More or less. Alright. Let's do a Tuesday. Alright, see you next Tuesday. I was gonna say, sir, Damn
0: you can always just circumvented by going to Ged.
1: Ah, uh, Ged be, be too rough with him.
0: Right. Anyway, uh right, let's uh Let's go, I guess. She stands up and does the quick Picard maneuver that is typical for anyone who stands up out of a Starfleet chair and checks her Ibby Phaser pistol and then goes over to the turbo lift. All right, let's get this done. Let's go solve the mystery of why Starfleet sent us the hell out here. Uh Graves before he goes, uh kind of uh,
1: approaches uh Eli and says, "Would checker would bringing checkers be a good idea?" Uh <laughs> I don't know much about the station, but it's either he's going to want to fix it up or salvage it for everything it's worth. all that might be that might be within our mission parameters. So, um, do you know where we can find him? Um, Jeffrey's tube on deck four. All right, Graves taps his combatch. badge. Um, uh, Graves to acting crewman Skipper. Skipper, Skipper replies, here. Okay. Uh, we need, uh, to notify, um, quartermaster Checkers that he is needed for an away mission. He should be
0: in, uh, Jeffrey Stoops 4. Ah, ah, okay, so I go into the tight place, yes, yes, I can do that. I wear my special helmet. That should wake him up. Okay. Graves
1: just quickly turns off the com badge. <laughs> before the Koopa Troopa starts. <laughs> Eli slips into the captain's chair. All right, Eli, you've got the bridge, uh, Waitley, back him up, and, yeah, again,
0: should see you in a little bit. Camera follows the group from the bridge as they join the other officers and move down to the, uh, transporter room, where they are suddenly met by the three little Lyrethians, Aro, Jess, and Neen. The three of them wave. Hi! Graves waves. Yo. So, uh, we, we go into station two. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Yay! They seem inordinately happy about this and take their places on the pad. Grave steps up, uh, kind of just
1: a little bit haggardly, uh, rubs, uh, rubs his short hair and, uh, gives him my, uh, gives him the, uh, the, uh, gives himself the Picard maneuver as well.
0: Just, sound a little As the blue curtain starts to fall over the group, Kara turns her head slightly and says, Do you ever get the feeling that the Admiral just likes messing with us by not telling us what we're doing? Um, Probably. Graves' response comes out as soon as they get to Starbase Magellan. The first words out of his mouth as soon as they beam in being, probably. The inside of the station appears to be an old 23rd century Federation station, and it's seen better days. The paint is generally faded and yet still somehow overly cheerful in that same sort of 23rd century style. They're met by another Riothaean standing on the ground. Another one is up on a stepladder using the old console at the beaming station. The one on the ground leans on a cane and looks up at them through rather short, you know, thinning fur and a pair of silver spectacles.
1: Braves has an internal, Oh, yeah. I get it now. And he seems enormously pleased with himself, but that's the tiredness talking. So he, um, steps up, salutes and says, Captain Graves, or, actually, I, (laughs) sorry, I had a character moment there. It's like, wait, can he refer to himself as that? Oh, yeah, he can. Kind of? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Graves, uh,
0: salutes, Captain Graves here, ready to assist. The small Rhea Fan just nods his head and says, welcome to Starbase Magellan, our temporary home. I am Leader Fane. And... You look like you need a great deal more sleep, my boy. Um, probably. Regardless, we thank you for coming all the way and bringing supplies. We've been working overtime to get the station operational as a sort of, well, waypoint for those of us who have made it off the planet. Uh, Starfleet has been quite helpful with dealing with the problems on Riothea, but, well, it's going to take some time before the entire planet is habitable again. Hmm. Understandable. So, in the meantime, we've offered our assistance in restoring Starbase Magellan. They're hopeful that it can become a new supply base for outward exploratory missions. I believe that does refer to you all?
1: Graves, how is a moment of, Aha! I like this initiative. And quickly nods, Yeah, I think we would fit underneath that, um mission remit, or at least we should follow underneath fit underneath that mission remit.
2: Uh Rick has ah. been focusing on a data pad trying to look through, okay, um we'll need to organize like a team to 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 start doing stuff. So he's been been going to pad, looking over like crew um profiles. And this is sort of the first time that he's actually looking up. Yeah, we are part of the uh second exploration fleet
0: well, fain looks over at rick and nods and says i also understand that your people have dealt with being relocated before shall we say
2: yeah it it was um quite an endeavor
0: yes i was i was sorry to learn about your your history but at least at least you have a new home for us is still there it just needs to be Put to rights, Uh, Fane turns and starts to lead the group out of the transporter area. And he simply says, please watch your step. There's a great deal of work going on, and I'd hate for you to trip over any cables or step on one of us. The group moves along through the... It's hard to say exactly what the hallways look like. It's difficult to see much of the hallway, given all the spaghetti cable flying around... It seems like almost everything is plugged into everything else right now. But Leader Fane leads the group onward to what looks to be a very old briefing room. And he hops up with some difficulty on the seat and then hops up onto the table and turns on the old monitor and gestures for the the group to come over.
2: When the
0: cap... Sorry, what's that?
2: Yeah, I'm just saying that... uh... Rick uh, positions himself so he could get a good view of the the screen.
0: Uh, Rather than engineering or anything else, Fane actually brings up a local star map and says, there's not a lot we can do for you right now in terms of supplies, but we do have some old star charts that were apparently locked in the station. It looks like nobody's been out exploring this way for a long time after Magellan was abandoned. Graves nods at... Go on. Okay, Graves nods and just
1: has this internal, like, the the wheels start turning of, like, we can get assigned out here. We can probably avoid, you know, skirmishes with the Klingons, Romulans.
0: Oh, it will be oh so peaceful when we work out here. There will never be any problems and no one will shoot at us.
1: Let Graves dream for a moment. Let him dream. (laughs) It's Star Trek. He will get shot at. But let the man dream for a moment. And he just has this, yeah, this could be fun. And he says, I'll definitely pass the star charts on with a command. It probably would result in some priority um, assignments for exploration.
0: Actually, the Admiral has already sent word along. He turns and plays a recording, which resolves into a slightly fuzzy picture of Admiral Futagami. She looks at words and says... Captain Graves, if you've arrived at Starbase Magellan, then you're probably hearing me. Leader Fane currently has the coordinates of the next place I want you to investigate. I also want to assign you to Starbase Magellan for the time being. I want you to assist with engineering support. We've loaded a, a great deal of cargo into the Reliant, so try not to lose it all before it gets used, okay? Anyway, happy exploring. more Fotogami out. The screen goes down. Graves
1: has this inter... Graves has another internal moment of, wait, I've been shanghaied into this? It's not what I signed up for. Like, ugh, not again. But there's this, there's nothing really kind of passing by his face at this. He simply nods the Starfleet training, just sort of processing the orders, processing the situation, and says, yeah, well, productive then, or we can be quite productive here then. Fane twitches
0: a whisker as he's slightly smiling and looks over at Marcuson simply says, You've got quite a good poker face, my boy. But you can't fool me. Thank you, leader. I had to learn by survival. In any event, uh you're welcome to share the hospitality with us, uh what we have. I suppose we could offer you dinner, but unless your uh well, unless your idea of fun is fixing things, I'm afraid there's not too much to do on the station right now.
2: Uh, speaking of that. What are some of the uh, priorities for the station? I could get started at least on developing some... Uh, putting together some teams to assist.
0: The main thing we need to do is to get the different warp reactors running. We've got three different warp cores here in Magellan, and they're all offline. Currently, we're barely managing to stay by on fusion power. Fortunately, given the age of this station, there wasn't a great deal of... Power anyway. We don't have holodecks or replicators or anything of that nature. But if we ever want to have them, we'll need to get the warp cores online, as well as anything approaching a defense.
2: I'll, uh, put, put a team together for two. I right, thank you. According to Admiral
0: Futagami, you know, there should be dilithium crystals in your hold that could be used to jumpstart the reactions. Graves says, has there been, um... Any effort made to inventory what was left behind here in terms of supplies and machinery? We've we've been working on it, but the truth was that when this station was mothballed, not a great deal was left behind. We found a few boxes here and there, but unless you're interested in some very colorful uniforms and some very old phasers, there's not a whole lot to do. Uh,
1: Graves looks to Checkers and says, Uh, well, beyond that type of merchandise, do you want to poke around to see if you're able to find, um... Any bolt holes that any equipment may have been hidden in? I thought you would never ask. Kickers, with a glean in his aviators, runs off.
0: Oh dear. Well, hopefully he'll contact us when he finds something, if he finds something. I'll send a team of runners to be able to grab anything he finds. Anyway, power's the primary concern, but after that we'll need to start setting up the space station for long-term habitation. That will include things like hydroponics and whatnot. I don't suppose you have a, a good science officer.
1: Well, yeah, we've got a few. So, uh he he has this moment of trying his best to not think about something. We should probably make sure
0: well, it'd probably roll for this one. So, Whatever it is, he manages well enough to actually keep his thoughts away from leader Fane.
2: Uh the both fails.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, Leader Feigned failed. Um, I haven't rolled yet.
3: Oh, okay.
1: I want to see if I can Obligation. get a complication.
4: <laughs>
1: Not over until it's it absolutely confirmed. So,
2: let's go. I would guess if you're trying to oh. conceal
0: something, it's probably Insight Command. Oh, Presence? excellent.
2: Probably present. Presence. Presence yeah, Command
0: I, also. I,
1: I was actually thinking, okay, let's go with Insight because it's lower. Ah,
0: dang it. Whatever it is, you so managed to keep the can- secret from Leader Fane.
1: Graves says, all right, yeah, I can send some people over. Um, any preferences on specialization?
0: Well, someone who knows something about plants would be helpful, but right now we'll take just about anyone we can get. Most of my people only know what they've learned from the jumpstart programs that Starfleet has given us. All right, um, so yeah, I can send
1: Ensign Jigoro and Lieutenant Nissa over to help um jumpstart those programs um their expertise should both come in handy
0: excellent he looks over to the corner where at this time point it looks like Kara and mary and the trio have all discovered a pack of cards and started playing cards at the end of the table i see your crew is already making themselves at home yeah
1: that's could be a home
0: certainly well let's see the
1: Reliant does have some uh, powerful um, tractor beams, which we could start doing a little bit more repair on the superstructure. As much as some of these smaller incidentals would be nice to set up, making sure that we have the fundamentals covered would be, in addition to the power and environmental systems, would be prudent.
0: Well, Everything is relatively stable for now. If you could help with the power, that'd probably be enough. But you have your own mission from Admiral Fotogami, don't forget. Indeed. Alrighty
1: then, um, unless there's anything else, we can probably get to work, uh, reconvene, uh, send a, send a message and we can, re, uh, you and I can reconvene, to discuss any developments,
0: as well as any changes of priority that need to be made. Fane reaches over and taps a button near the monitor and it displays the time, he looks at it and looks back. Well, how about we break and then meet back here for dinner, say, in about an hour? That should give you some time to see what we're dealing with, and if there are any simple problems, you can deal with them then. Uh, for what it's worth, your crew are welcome to leave aboard the station, but unless they're big fans of the 23rd Century Federation, I don't know what they could find that they would like.
1: I'll put out a general call to see if anyone, or basically provide, or if anyone's willing to volunteer their services. We're sending out our crews, but at the same time, there's probably a lot of incidental work that needs to be done, and just about anyone on my crew is
0: qualified to help out with that. So, yeah, we'll just see who comes by. As always, we are grateful to the Federation for your assistance. He bows. And the group is now dismissed. Which at this point, I believe that it's best off if we take the camera and we follow Rick Tear.
2: Alright, so is is Chorog with us right
0: now? Chorog is with us if he wishes to be. He is part of engineering, as I recall. Chorog, you out there, buddy? I'm here. Would you like to accompany Rick Tier and go help the rats set up some nuke reactors?
2: Sure. All right, so um, we'll download whatever schematics they have of, of of the station and start on to whatever the closest warp reactor is. It's all state-of-the-art. You
0: get an amazing wireframe model of the station. It was modeled in the station's own computer. In any event... The warp cores are laid out through the station vertically, so the nearest one to you is down approximately three decks.
2: Uh, Well, this seems to be a good, better place to start. Um, Let's see what we're dealing with, Chorok.
4: I'll follow you.
2: The group makes their way
0: down. The turbo lifts are currently out of order, so they end up having to use some ladders to get down. And they end up having to dodge small Ryothaeans running this way and that, carrying scrap, wires, and tools...
2: Yeah, Tier is especially careful to be observant.
0: Okay, actually, if you're gonna watch and be observant of these guys, give me an insight engineering role.
2: So that
0: would be 12. Ooh! Three, Wonderful. Six. The work is quick and quiet and they get into everything and out of everything very quickly. You notice that these Ryothaeans seem to be natural engineers. They're quickly restoring systems that they should know nothing about and doing it amazingly quickly. And for your third success, you notice most strangely of all that there's no talking. All of this happens silently.
2: Yeah, we didn't. I mean, we knew they were communicating silently, right?
0: You did? It's just that now you're getting a sense of exactly how widespread such communication is among their people,
2: and it, it's like it takes a moment for Rick T to, to to remember that um, they are Sonic, but it it sort of seems a bit off, like he's sort of expecting it to be much louder than it is, but there's an eerie silence.
0: It is both impressive and slightly eerie. Churog, on the other hand does not quite notice this eeriness. he does notice exactly how well they're quickly working and getting along and making everything better for the station though
4: the group
2: a... their work is incredible and rather impressive in that they're able to do it so silently Rick rather...
4: now look it's rather unsettling
2: Rick Tyr
0: looking just a littlest bit unsettled now leads the uh the engineers that he's brought with him who are looking around in slightly stunned and kind of creeped out awe at the ryothan's working into the uh, warp core area and here there's a rather chubby looking ryothan on a stack of books examining one of the control panels which is half open
2: uh, greetings i am rick of the reliant uh- there's a slight
0: wog, and the rat jumps and falls off the books onto the floor Thump. Ah, uh, oh, do oh, I, um, they hop back up. Uh, uh hi, I'm, I'm, am Engineer Gas.
2: Uh, Gas, uh, this is, this is my team, Trog and, and whatever, the un- other instance. Um, the station needs some, uh, support with power. What have you been able to do with that so far?
0: Oh, um, well, so far I was mostly just taking it apart to figure out how it worked. But I think I've got a pretty good idea of how it works. So, it looks like antimatter goes in here, matter goes in here, there's a big boom in there, and then energy comes out there. That is a a rough estimation, yes? Yeah, it looks like most of the systems are actually computer controlled, so there wouldn't actually be that much for us to do once we got it running. However, the problem is all the computer systems. They're pretty much out of whack. We've been finding what parts we can and repairing them, but I'd reckon that we really only have enough to run the computers for maybe a third of the station right now. And then, of course, from what I'm told, these computers are all out of spec and obsolete anyway.
2: Yes, it has been abandoned for um, over 100 years, I believe. So there is going to be a lot of... Not necessarily out... I mean, it is is out of date, but also it um, has had a hundred years of things to drift and, and dust and interference to be made with the systems.
0: Yeah, you're lucky you weren't here when we first arrived. Boy, this place was dusty. Everyone was sneezing like... Wait, that's not important. He climbs back up the books. Anyway, he uh, looks around and kind of jumps into the control panel, and for a minute you just see this tail sticking out, and you hear some working, before he climbs back up and pokes his head over it. I think we've got enough that we could probably try this if you guys know what you're doing.
2: Oh, uh, I am... Warp is one of my, um, uh, power systems. Um, Let me double-check my actual character sheet. I am, um, chief engineer of a... of a federation vessel. I I am... Very aware of warp core and APS power systems.
3: All
0: right, sounds good. So let's see. We've got most of what we need. We just need something to help control the reactions so that the whole thing doesn't go boom.
2: Do you have anything like that on your ship? Oh, we do have um, some dilithium that was stored on there. I will contact um, Reliant to get some beam down to um, control the reactions.
0: All right, that sounds good. Now all we have to do is we need to... Um, Need to... Seems to drift off and thought for a minute. Oh, oh, right. We need, to, we need to inspect everything and make sure it's all working. And I should probably cl- close this control panel. He climbs out and back onto the book stack.
2: All right, let's uh, run some diagnostics then. See what the computer system reports. I'll get right
0: on that. So, uh, Gas closes the control panel and then moves aside for Chorog to access it. Chorog, go ahead and give me... Oh well, let's just say, <clears throat> excuse me, a reason uh, reason engineering role. It takes you a minute because this is old, unfamiliar Federation crap. But you're able to figure out eventually from the colored blinky lights that it looks like most things are perfectly fine. It looks like one of the matter injectors is a little bit clogged, though. I got just the thing to clear it up. Oh, goody. Uh, just I'll I'll watch. The chubby Ryothan moves to the side.
4: Chorog opens the access port to the injector, pulls pulls a bottle of venom from his coat, and promptly pours it into the injector. There is a loud hissing and
0: bubbling and some blue smoke. And after a minute, the computer has another blinky light go on and everything seems to be fine.
2: Uh, while that's happening, Rick contacts the Reliant and um, gets his engineering team to, to uh, collect the dilithium that was stored in the Reliant's cargo bay and beam, and beam some of it down or send it down via shuttle uh, to be. Ensign collected.
0: Ricky and Ensign Thomas arrive with a crate full of dilithium.
2: All right, now we just need to. Uh, the, the diagnostics are all fine, Jerog. Sure. I'm still working on getting
4: the diagnostics online. These old Federation systems are known to be finicky. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of blinky lights here.
0: Can you imagine how bad it would be if it turned out some of them were burned out and we couldn't see the whole thing?
2: Uh everybody just, get all quiet. Rick just pulls out his tricorder to do a scan just to make sure that the um, interface is, uh, and all the blinky lights and everything that to do with the user interface is actually working correctly. Go ahead and uh, give me a control engineering, Rick. Uh, that's 11 plus 5, so 16. Your track order reports that the
0: light bulbs are all good and the duotronic relays are functional. Or duotronic relays, anyway.
2: All right, so this, everything seems to be functioning at um, satisfactorily, anyway.
0: Yeah, well, you know, beggars can't be choosers. It's old, but if it works, it works. Right, so let, the group, go ahead.
2: All right, let's start uh, getting this engine operational. Um, so, uh, actually, can I check the uh, EPS conduits and making make sure that that's all um, that system is actually gonna able to handle the output of the warp Call. Sure. Go ahead. Give me a uh, let's say inside engineering. Okay, this should have my EPS power systems focus. And three successes.
0: So, looking it over, you can tell that the power cables are old, and they probably wouldn't be able to handle anything like what the Reliant can output, but fortunately they're only handling an old 23rd century warp core. As long as they don't push the core exceptionally hard, they should be able to handle the power output without any issue.
2: Alright, the the EPS system is in line with the spec of the time. I wouldn't want to put anything modern through it, but it'll it'll suffice for what it's doing.
0: Well, you know what they say, get what you have working, then make it better. By this point, the team of ensigns has finished loading up the dilithium crystals and making sure all the other fuel supplies are set. Alright. So, uh, want me to do it?
2: This is going to be your home, after all.
0: Okay, let's see what we're dealing with here. Gas is looking over the control panel from the top of the books. Okay, all these blinky lights. Let's try this one. He immediately punches down a button and the lights in the room get brighter as the warp core hums to life. Oh, I think I did a good thing. You have the unfortunate realization that he was probably just pressing a random button.
2: Okay um so Rick here will um try and access the historical archives and see what he can pull up in terms of the um uh structural information and and um any usage um str- uh, guides um uh, for the warp core in this era so Commander, you may want to check the
4: chief engineer's office. There should be some old data tapes that should have the information you're looking for. These—that's how these old duotronic systems worked.
2: Uh, yes, I haven't. I think I know that it. place.
4: Desk, big long area with
0: lots of uh, tape that gets all tangly.
4: No, not exactly. They're—they look like colorful squares. Hmm.
0: Okay, well, there's an area with a desk down the hall, and I remember these reels of spinny thing, but I don't know about colored squares. Maybe those are, uh, in a box or in the desk or something.
4: Well, let me go look. I know a little bit about this old duotronic technology.
0: Down the hallway, H.R. goes into an old engineer's office. There are reel-to-reel tape decks in the back of the area, but it takes him only a minute to find the data drives he's looking for. They're actually in one of the desk drawers.
4: There yep. we go. This is what we're looking for. Charles wipes his hand across the desk, manages to find the the reader the reader outlets.
0: Ugh. What was? You know what? Maybe you don't want to know what was on the desk. Anyway, it looks like the receiving slot is clean enough, so you stick one of the discs in. The old monitor powers up with a plunk. And the images start to resolve into what looks to be logs of the Engineer. It's not covering anything particularly important right now. This disc seems to be mostly just them talking about mothballing the station because of coming war with the Klingons.
4: Uh, This one's not any good. Trog ejects it from the slot, grabs another disc, and then puts it in.
0: This one, when it comes up, has a wireframe model of the station. Which it then zooms in on, and different wires start running through the station, showing the different power systems, all connected to the
4: warp cores. This'll come in handy. Drog puts it in his pocket, puts in another disk. Looks like this one's blank. Drog chucks it over his shoulder. Oh, that's useless. But grabs another one, puts it in. This one, it looks like, has
0: a structural readout of the station, showing all the load-bearing joints and how they are cobbled together.
4: That's important.
0: Also Chirag. shows all
4: the gravity plating. That's even more important. This is extremely important. Trog ejects it, puts it in his pocket, grabs the last
0: disc. This one contains yet more miscellaneous engineering data. It's not quite as in depth as the other two, but it has lots of information about general systems. Our
4: rodent friends will find this of use. Trog hmm. ejects it, puts it in his pocket, and gets up and returns to Richter, and hands over the discs in his pocket. These are these are contained structural reports power system maps, as well as other useful logs that our friends can use to learn how to work this station.
2: Good. Uh, I, uh, should, if they're going to be here, they should, um, uh, should at least understand how it was designed. Um, engineer gas, I've got some, uh, extra information in terms of found some extra information about, uh, the design and, and, uh, power systems of the station. Ooh, goody. Can I have Yep. Yeah, he and uh, Rick T will pass him over.
0: All right, all right. Gas looks over at the warp core. It looks like this is okay for now. So I'm going to gap my team, and we're going to go watch these and see what we learn.
2: All, all right. Um. Uh, Rick T, uh, Rich, do you need extra assistance, or you reckon you'll be able to, after watching these...
0: Um. By the time that Rick Tier gets most of this sentence out, gas has already run from the room and collected some of the Rhea fans in the hall. Both Rick Tier and Chorog get the sinking feeling that this is either going to go exceptionally well or incredibly abysmally poorly, and there will be no in between
2: um I have a feeling we should at least um go over the other stations just to make sure that things.
0: At this point, there's a bosun's whistle heard from the intercom at the side of the room. And an announcement comes through. Uh, would all Starfleet... Well, the Starfleet bridge crew, at least, please report to Deck 7. It's, uh... Well, it's time for dinner.
2: Well, I guess that'll have to wait. And this
0: time, the camera pans back to the meeting room, where Leader Fane is with Captain Graves and, uh, Ensign Mary, and uh, Kara. In front of all the different people are basically plates of food, and it looks like the Riothaians generally eat similarly to rodents. The vast majority of what's on the plate is greens and veggies, along with some soft cheese and a very interesting type of bread that's heavier than you would expect when you pick it up. It seems to be covered in various bits of oil and spices, almost like a focaccia bread.
1: Graves is going nuts for the bread. He's just chewing away, nodding, really enjoying himself there.
0: After a few moments, uh, Chorog and uh, Rick Tyr arrive in the room as well. Fain nods to them and says, we thank you for your help with the power. Uh, Gas is telling me that you also found some educational materials for him and his team, and that should help us put things right to, back to rights a little quicker. Um, I've pulled up whatever information I could find on the the target that Admiral Futagami gave you, but back during the 23rd century, this station was barely completed before it was decommissioned in preparations for war with the Klingons. What I can tell you is that the system in question, and he turns the monitor towards everyone having dinner and presses a few keys, the system in question seems to be flooded with, well... Looks like radiation from weapons fire. From what we can tell, it looks like a mix of various energy types. On the other hand, we're also getting other power readings from the system, so it looks like something is going on there, although exactly what, nobody knows because nobody's ever had the time to check it out. And apparently it's been going on for at least 100 years. Graves slowly nods, chewing on bread. Peaceful exploration, no
1: shooting. His dreams have come up somewhat short, <laughs> but he's liking the bread. The bread's helping to compensate.
2: Uh, as Rick eats, just a bit of the bread gets stuck, sort of, in between his teeth, and it's it's. He's trying to get it loose, but it's it's getting a bit awkward.
0: Uh, Fain goes over to the side of the room and grabs a toothpick from of the areas and slides across the table to Rick. I hope you're enjoying the food. It was made with some of what we had managed to recover from Riothean stores. As of yet, we haven't had time to grow more, but I believe the closest translation for you is that this is called iron bread. I believe it's a great deal heavier and more dense than what you're used to, but we find it makes good
3: rations.
2: And Rick will uh, just thinks not uh, say thanks and just pulls, pulls out the, the tick and clears his mouth and swallows it. This is quite interesting. I, I haven't had anything quite like it. Fain nods and
0: goes back to the head of the table and says, Our people were never particularly great hunters, so most of our diet is not generally meat, but rather vegetables and bread associated sometimes with cheese. It's, uh. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. I was not entirely certain your people would find our food to your liking.
2: I, uh.
1: Graves grit. Um, Graves just glances over at Mary to see how she's the totally normal human is getting along with the, uh. the spread in front of them.
3: Uh. She's just sitting there observing, kind of smiling as she's watching everybody do their thing. Uh. She occasionally, uh. checks her tricorder just kind of looks around, but uh, Graves definitely notices she's just sitting there with kind of a bem- bemused expression on her face.
0: So she's not eating?
3: Oh no, she's eating. Okay, just
0: checking.
2: <laughs> well, we've had bread and similar things, but um, not, too, not this thick. Um, before. It's a specific type of grain grown
0: on Rio Thea that we have, it's something we'll be happy to share with you once we've gotten the hydroponics up and running. I believe that some of your compatriots have already taken scans of it for uh, uh, replicator recipes, as I was told. So I suppose that there is the capability to make a facsimile of it on your ship.
2: Yes, with uh, food replicators, there is. Um, we do have the power requirements able to, to at least... Replicate a reasonable fixability of many things.
0: Fane just plops down and munches on his food as well. If there's anything else you want to know about the system you're to go to, you can go ahead and ask me. I'll try to give you whatever information I do have. I take it the
1: weapon signature has been correlated against known, um, known energy types,
0: or factions specifically. We don't have a great deal of data on it. They were captured with 23rd century sensors, and it was, well, a century or so ago. We do know that it looks like there was very heavy weapons fire in the past, which has trailed off to much lighter flashes here and there now. We believe they're from energy weapons. Most likely Polaron or Antiproton. But it would be difficult to tell from this range, so there might be a great deal of mistake involved.
1: All right, that answers a few questions and provides us with a clear picture of how we should proceed into this situation. If it was oh, other energy types, you might speculate that residual flashes could be some kind of uh, direct communication network, trying to use a tighter beam, but on the sound of it, it does look like we're going to be stepping into a bit of the Cold War if not just a uh, skirmish zone.
0: Well, we do know that what's left of the energy discharges is taking place near the inner planets of the system. The outer planets of the system still have the residual energy signatures of what I presume was once bombardment, so you could probably start by investigating the outer planets before, well, walking into what you term a war zone.
1: All right. Besides, uh... And this mission could be problematic. So, as far as our teams are concerned for helping with the station, are we proposing leaving people
0: behind for facilitation Uh, while we check out the system? Kara looks over at the captain and shrugs and says, I think that's your call, sir. Uh, We could definitely leave some people here. It's not as if we generally, you know, have to run full crew all the time on the Reliant. It's a a pretty good little ship.
2: <sighs> Indeed. And we, we could leave just some lookout. oversight, crew for oversight. Um,
1: yeah, uh, a couple of security officers, uh, a couple of engineers, if you can spare them, um, just to help out. Um, and also a um, system specialist to try to wrangle upgraded technology with the original systems.
2: You know, I'll see, see who among my crew has uh, experience with this old tech.
0: Radio. Anyway, I thank you for that. I imagine you'll be eager to head out. If you do need any help, you can always retreat back to Starbase Magellan. At the very least, we, uh, well, we can offer you a place to park, I suppose. We'll try to keep you out of the line of fire. I don't suspect fire will be coming out this way, which is just as well. And at this point, I would like to note that we've been going for about an hour, and we're probably about to have a large scene change. So if people would like a break, now is a good time. Actually, we're not, because as we come back from our commercial break, the camera zooms in on the Reliant, dropping out of warp in a system surrounded with large, rocky planets and gas clouds drifting along. And we zoom into the bridge, and Kara simply says... We've arrived at the coordinates, sir. This is the outer limits of the system. All right. Have we picked up any change in activity? Negative, sir. It looks like the radiation might be interfering with sensors. Uh, if you can get Setsa on it, she might know more than me, but right now it looks like we're pretty much alone out here. Understood. Go ahead and
1: send her, uh, send her a ping, and hopefully she'll be able to get on that soon.
0: Kara nods and hits a few buttons on the panel in front of her. All right, sir. When, orders. when Car, when Kara does that, an automatic
1: little jingle plays, and a cartoon version of Setsu's face dances on Car's console for a minute. What? <laughs>
0: Graves just tries his best not to laugh. She, um, she's enjoying her time with the Computer core, isn't she, sir? I believe so. Right. Anyway, sir, your orders.
1: Um, let's head around a little bit, see if we can find any planetary bodies or asteroids or debris um, within the perimeter. Let's be careful about heading straight in, though. We definitely don't want to look like we're making a territorial incursion or skulking around too much. So,
0: nice and easy spiral. Uh, we could do it that way, sir. I could play Alice a zigzag, otherwise. She hits some keys and up on the main screen comes what looks like a map of the local area. It looks like in the area they're in right now, there's at least one large planetary body surrounded by a small asteroid field. There's various gas pockets floating around and another planetary body not too far off from the first one. Looks like both are large, rocky worlds. All right. Definitely definitely need to check those out.
1: So let's go ahead and plot a course that is at least a little bit predictable, just, again, to make sure, that, make it look obvious that we're not running a military incursion
0: so what you're saying is fly casual okay yes Kara props her feet up on the console presses a button and the reliance starts to move forward at full impulse in a straight me and a straight lazy sort of line in the meantime the captain gets a report from Setsa down on the science lab the radiation is interfering with sensors that much is true but as they get closer to the planetary body, they can get a pretty good idea of what happened to it. Some very advanced civilization, more advanced than the Federation currently is, bombarded the planet, what looks like, with heavy anti-proton beams, and basically obliterated the entire crust. All that's really left of the planet is a solid core that used to be molten, surrounded by various carbon and metallic asteroids. Gray's orders. Let's go ahead and take a look at the metallic
1: asteroids, see if there's any debris present, or signs of excavation. Aye, aye,
0: sir. Ship moves over, scans a few of the asteroids. The science officer on the deck currently, Nissa, simply says, Looks like just parts of a molten crust, sir. I'm just seeing various iron, nickel, base metals, nothing, nothing that looks like manufactured, nothing mined. Oh, that's
1: still so informative. Um, if there was a longstanding planetary industry here, they probably would have done something with that body. So, if not, give us a little bit of data. Um, Chaplain Waitley, are you picking up anything here?
3: That's a good question. Is he?
0: That's a good question. The dice will answer. Let's go ahead and have a uh, insight command roll. Seems like it would be
3: appropriate. Let's see. Versus insight command. I clicked a thing. I'd like the thing to work. Uh, let's see. That would be a 15. Two successes. You get
0: a vague feeling that there are at least two different races in this system. And the dominant emotion that you get overall is fear, backed up slightly by hatred.
3: Hmm. I'm going to try to focus in on that to see if uh, Waitley can determine what it is that is causing the fear and hatred.
0: Okay, it's basically the same roll, but I'm going to spin some threats. So now your complication range is 17.
3: Oh. Let's see, and if I remember right, complication is the second number? Third number. Third number. number. So uh, so it'd be uh, 15, just go, just one. 1, 17.
0: Oh, you are not able to get anything at all in fact you're almost overwhelmed by just the sheer fear and hatred what you're dealing with here are are races that apparently have no interest in doing anything but protecting themselves from perceived aggression
3: Waitley kind of thrust back in his chair on on the bridge of the ship and he uh after he he calms himself down he uh activates his communicator and says there is a lot of fear and hatred. It is very overpowering. And he relays the rest of the information that he was able to glean.
1: Graves looks at the uh, uh, scans of the planet and says that
0: might be justified, but we'll see what we can do here. Ares is the... looking over the remains of the planet and she just kind of says, yeah, if whatever did that is still around, I'd say fear is quite justified. If Whatever did this is still around. There
1: wouldn't be anyone left in the system. It wouldn't Maybe stop. It got done doing it whatever it was did. doing. But yeah, most likely it sounds like it probably left. Graves says, Alright, there's nothing more to learn here. Let's go ahead and proceed inward. Um, let's keep to yellow alert, though. If there's a lot of fear and worry about self-defense, someone may just take a pot shot at us. So let's keep the shields up.
0: Hi, right, sir. Shields raised. Moving in. The camera pans out, and the Reliant moves past the next planet, where they find much of the same, that the planet itself has been mostly been obliterated by heavy anti-proton bombardment. Once again, though, there's not really any indication that the planet itself had been anything special or inhabited before it was bombarded. Hmm. Captain, I've got a power reading Graves. coming up. Oh. What do we got... Nissa taps a few buttons and looks over. It looks like a spacecraft. Uh, primitive. Doesn't look like it's anywhere near on our technological level. Uh, it's leaking a great deal of radiation, and the outside has been scored by what appears to be energy fire. Um, any life signs?
1: Uh, there are weak life signs on board, sir. Uh wait, picking up anything specific from them? Uh, fear. Pain. There All right. you go. Waitly, uh, let's go ahead and have you down um, in uh, sickbay, because we're probably going to be bringing wounded on board if we can. Bryce, I want a high security alert, um, just in case what we find there isn't especially friendly. And on top of that, uh, Doctor, Eli, just I can't. want you to have a medical team standing by to triage any wounded that we bring on board if it comes to that. But let's go ahead and make sure we're prepared to uh, handle this situation.
0: All right, sir. I'll take us over to the power rating, and we'll see what we've got. The Reliant moves in, and what they find is a small ship, uh, more or less cigar or round or, you know, basically a cylinder with a pointed end. And it's smaller than even one of the Reliant's nacelles. It basically floats along through space. Uh, Parts of the hull are burned and molten, and there are some gaping holes in it. At least one area is leaking plasma. Uh, Grave says... Uh, let's see. Let's try to open a, uh, open a channel. I start hailing. As they start to hail the ship... That... As they start to hail the ship, the response comes in pretty quickly. What passes for weak shielding on the ship flares to life, and it fires an energy weapon at the Reliant. The energy weapon glances off the shields of the Reliant... Uh, Mary, or whoever is working tactical, will tell you that this is an old laser-based weapon, and the shields are perfectly holding. This is no threat. (laughs) Graves.
3: Mary giggles a little when she relays the information.
1: Graves reminds himself, we can't all have phasers. It's not worth it. We don't
0: don't think less of them for having lasers. (laughs) After a moment, though, the beam starts to slide off the ship, as the damaged ship t- starts to slowly spin in space, the laser now just firing off into nothing. A few moments later, there's a power surge throughout the ship and it explodes. Damn it! Is there any time to react for transporters? None. Not to mention, until the last minute, their shields were up, and while the shields were not good enough to stop any of your weapons, they would have scrambled transporters.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Grave size. Damn it. All right. Let's see if we can try to avoid that in future. Uh. Mary, any thoughts about the tactical situation?
3: She's looking at the readouts and uh, she kind of gives a little head tilt and says, if whatever did this is still here, there is no situation other than, you know, we die. But that's not a big deal. If they're not here, then I would suggest laying low and not drawing attention to ourselves. Just for the sake of those who are there
0: at the risk of stepping yeah. on the captain's toes. I think he wanted your analysis of the ship we had just encountered. Actually, oh. that was, uh, that was uh, actually what he, uh, he was
1: looking for, for the tactical situation. Oh,
3: when, when Sherilyn when says that Mary just kind of tilts her says, tilts her head and says, I think it's gone. It's, it's definitely kaput kablooey. It went big,
2: bada, boom.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. As for as for that ship, uh Rick Tier. Yes. Um I want uh I want your team's analyzing the uh scans we just took of that vessel. Do you have know there's any way that we might be able to more easily disable without appearing too hostile? I know weapons fire would likely be overkill in a quite literal sense. So, if we come under attack, I want to have a, a defensive option that would allow us to disable without having to use uh phasers or torpedoes
2: the, smart idea the initial uh, my initial reaction would be uh to look at the computer system, see if we can take control of their systems. One of the first things that um the the ship that introduced us, the Federation, did was to access our data networks to assess our current situation.
0: Okay, we can definitely try for that. Uh, go ahead and uh, give me a reason, science roll, Rick.
2: Um, I would suggest uh, Setsa, as that that would be her speciality.
1: Okay. The captain has now been informed. Graves nods. All right,
0: Graves. T- he stops for a moment. Should I send he, another message, sir? Perhaps we'll get another lovely jingle. Yeah. All right. And he and he just leaves it at that. Kara, realizing that he must be at least somewhat serious, simply sends down the text message for Setsa, asking if she could either come to the bridge or at least advise them on the ability to attempt to hack into, take in control of an alien ship. Sets her
1: replies in the text message that she'll uh, get straight to work and may be able to adapt her neural interface into using, uh, into assisting with that process.
0: All right, looks around. Hey, Chorog used to be a pirate. Maybe he knows something about disabling ships?
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, Graves of Chorog. Chorog here, go ahead. Uh, we may need to conduct a little bit of piracy. You up for that? Is Venom tasty? So our key, uh, let's call it our key key operational remit is that we've got some primitive vessels here, and using conventional weapons fire would most likely destroy them or significantly damage them or just leave an impression we don't want to deal with. So I'm having the teams investigate ways of disabling vessels without using the heavy guns.
4: Back on my ship. We used to use the tractor emitters to emit low-level stasis beams to render a ship's systems inoperable long enough for us to grapple on.
1: Yeah, that might be... That might help. Um, is going to be developing some uh, programs to try to take control of their computer systems. So if you can lock their systems down to stasis, that might help uh, with infecting their systems with whatever we need to latch on to control, or at least allow us to try some more physical means of uh,
4: incapacitating them. Yeah, these are old ships... I wouldn't recommend using any kind of electromagnetic pulse because I we we don't know what their power systems are. An EMP pu- pulse might overload their systems.
1: Indeed, and detonate the reactors. So let's yeah, so let's try using a stasis approach with a tractor beam. If you could help set that up, um, if you need any help from Rick here, his teams uh, are also working on this problem from other angles as well.
4: Yeah, I could use some help, some ha- helping hands to. Modify our, our existing tractor emitters.
1: All right. Consider it in order then. Uh, let's get that up and running and let me know when that is an option. So with all that out of the way, sir, I
0: guess we're going to be going deeper in and trying to make friends. Uh, hopefully. Head I, head you, should I do
4: a roll for this? Sure. Go ahead and just uh, a
0: simple... Uh, I'm thinking
4: <laughs> daring engineering because it does take a little bit of a... That works. I was actually going to do fitness engineering, but daring engineering is
0: perfectly fine. Let's go with daring engineering.
4: And considering I, one of my talents is bold engineering, as well as one of my focuses is improvised construction, I think that my and, meta- and mechanical t- tinkering that might come in handy.
0: Yeah, so you'll have
2: focus uh, bonus on this. All right, let me do a roll. Uh, can I assist? Sure. Uh, not that. Uh, uh, Chorog will need it. Um, Daring or fitness? Or something else? Daring. Daring and uh, engineering.
0: Uh, Yeah, actually, it doesn't take you any time at all, basically. Chorog is very familiar with uh, this particular method of altering things and is able to get the crews moving quite quickly. Uh, He has
4: his own method of motivating people. It seems to work quite well. Uh, What can I say? The old chain of command goes... Little chain of command goes a long way. And uh, very shortly,
0: Graves is notified that the uh, enhanced stasis and tractor beams are ready for testing.
4: Word of caution: Do not use the tractor emitters at full power. Keep them at fifty percent or below. If you put it at over, if you put it at full power, you may crush the ship. Understood. Thanks for the heads up.
1: And always remember: Point away from face. Do not lick the main deflector while in operation.
0: You know, I want to see somebody who actually tried that and had to have it written down. Anyway, sir, I'm uh, ready to move us inward. We'll probably be, uh... Well, we'll be detected by somebody at some point. Presumably these guys have sensors. I mean, they're, they're terrible ships, but they're still ships! Hmm. Anything we can do to make the Defiant appear less hostile? Well, I don't know that anything would make the Defiant appear less hostile, sir, but... Uh, As for us, we could just go with slightly less, you know, power through all the systems. Graves just
1: has this, like, goddammit look on his face, just (laughs) reprocessing. Just, I'm not going to live that down, am I? You really do need to get more sleep, sir. I've been trying. All right. So, well, let's see. Yeah, unless we have any large inflatables, uh, inflatables we can tow behind us, I don't think there's really too much we can do. Alright, let's just proceed inward then.
4: Uh, now, Chorog, monitor the monitor the tractor systems from engineering to make sure they behave properly.
2: And Rick's uh, just monitoring the power systems making sure that things aren't too powerful.
1: Setsa uh, is working on the uh, computer systems and trying to um, create a program that would allow her to use her neural interface to seize control of the ship. And she gets three successes. Science happened. Did we lose Kara?
4: Cricket.
3: Cricket. Perhaps.
1: Kara's Anarchy!
3: Uh-oh. Ho-ho-ho.
1: Oh, no! Time to burn everything down! No, we gotta hold it! Hold it! Hold the moment, folks! Hold the
2: moment! And the sun just goes never and kills everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We blow up the ship.
4: Quick, raid the cargo bay while they're not looking. Uh, We can...
3: We see you, but we cannot hear you. I've seen this horror movie.
4: Uh,
1: Yeah, I think uh, Kara might need to... uh, Refresh or try the browser versus the app... Here we go. Welcome to the magic of things that will be edited out in post.
2: Or maybe Which not. means... No, they will. <laughs> or, may-
1: <laughs> or maybe not, because... Yeah, when someone on a podcast says, Oh, we'll edit that out, you will always hear that. Because it will never be edited out once someone's declared that.
4: it's like... Looks, like, Dan- get it? looks hey. like Daniels has been messing with the timeline again.
0: I was, I was hey! actually... Not everybody... I was- Wyatt, all of a sudden, I realize I'm talking to myself <laughs> what was the last thing of mine that came across
1: um I know the last thing that Chor- the last thing Chor- said was something or keeping an eye on the um the yeah. deflector to make sure, and we did the licking licking don't lick the main deflector
0: jeez, I've been silent since then, boy, I was
4: okay. Yeah. Last thing I said is that Chog will be monitoring the tractor emitters from engineering to make sure they stay aligned.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that, so I was probably talking during that part, but none of you were hearing anything. Nope. Well, I was going to say that Kara basically takes the Reliant and slightly dampened power mode into more the center of the system. It looks like the center of the system has a large red giant star. There are two semi-habitable planets here. Uh, Nyssa reports that both planets show signs of being bombarded, but not in the same way that the outer planets were. In addition, there's a floating junkyard, essentially, between almost everything around here with various ships, uh, some of which are cylindrical-shaped and others which are triangular-shaped, but uh, basically on the same technological level.
1: Graves nods. just seems to corroborate, although... Interesting, the pattern of bombardment. The uh, contrast between them. All right, um... Yeah, let's just keep poking around and see what happens.
0: Nessa looks over and says, uh, As far as the bombardment goes, sir, it looks like the inner planets have been bombarded by low-level energy weaponry and occasional nuclear warheads. Nothing like the anti-proton barrages the outer planets received. So,
1: figure two species in the core here of this system, while the outer core was more or less obliterated. That may have led to a provocation. Both species blaming each other and then that starts war one hypothesis to consider. Could
0: they really be that stupid, though? I mean, couldn't they just look at each other and realize that neither of them have the technological base to do something like that? If they're already tri- uh,
1: like living in tribal fear of one another, then, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily that they believe it rationally, but it's just a convenient excuse to start shooting at each other if there's that sort of bifurcation, which the technology would kind of suggest, but we'll see more if we actually get into contact with them.
0: okay. Do you want me to go hunting, or uh...
1: let's still keep to the passive snoop? If we take any too aggressive maneuver, it could be seen as we are some new warship from one of the other sides.
0: Roger. This goes back to your console. I'll be scanning, sir. I'll tell you if I find anything useful.
1: Graves has a thought. If we want to appear disarming, nothing better than just absolute, just uh, dead face confusion. Has a small grin. Alright, let's try to find a little bit more. I've got a plan B when it comes to trying to make an introduction for ourselves. And it's a shit-aiding grin. <laughs> it's a Graves grin.
0: Your plan is already scaring me, sir. Nissa turns oh, and says, it? it looks like there probably aren't that many singular ships out here. It looks like they're mostly keeping to large fleets. Um... Oh, wait, here... It looks like I found one. It looks like it's on sort of an observational kind of standby near one of the fleets. It looks like we might be able to catch them before or when the fleet moves. You know, separate them from the rest of the pack. Yeah, let's go do that and focus
1: on trying to maintain or get a comm channel open to these people. um, Before trying anything too drastic with taking control of their ship.
2: Um, Do we have any... um connection to the communications network
0: uh, well what i'm seeing here sir is it looks like most of the communications is going by via via radio so it looks like these guys probably can't communicate unless they're within in very close proximity to each other or rather they could but everything they heard would be completely outdated all right can we pick up any passive communications uh the radiation is making it difficult and getting bits and pieces we might have enough for the Universal Translator to do something with, but I don't know that I have any useful information for you. All right, let's
1: go with plan A of trying to make first contact with one of the vessels, and proceed from there.
0: All right, sir, I'll see if I can creep up on him and try to separate them when the rest of the fleet goes. Kara is actually quite able to stealthily approach, and when the fleet goes to a low-level warp to jump to another area, She's able to quickly move in so that the other ship sees them and stops. It starts moving towards the Reliant. I, uh... uh well, I think they got their attention, sir. Uh, open hailing frequencies. Opening hailing frequencies, sir. Trying on uh, all radio channels that we have access to. The only response from the other ship is to raise its weak shields and to start firing at the Defiant. Which is... not exactly... effective. Unidentified Vessel. We
1: have no idea what's going on here, and we'd appreciate a little bit of clarification to the situation.
0: So, the firing stops for a moment. You almost... In fact, Waitley can actually feel the confusion on the other ship, as there are now probably people rushing into a meeting, trying to figure out exactly what the hell's just going on, and why someone was able to talk to them in their language.
3: Waitley considers doing his usual mindfuckery, but eli can probably sense him thinking to himself ah they've got this
1: graves uh says do we have any indications that they have video signals
0: negative sir nothing yet looks like we've got a radio transmission coming in all right put it through this is the fraction ship destiny we demand that you identify yourselves how did you manage to crack our codes uh
1: we have very sophisticated linguis- linguistic software that allows us to translate my name is captain marcus graves i'm of the federation starship reliant and we have just uh entered the system Hmm. federation you say
0: we are You're not not of the lothians system. nope human you can almost hear somebody put a hand over the mic and turn back and say what the hell is a human what purpose have you come here and invaded our space? For What purpose have you um, bombarded the planets of our systems? We haven't bombarded
1: anything. Our energy weapons are not nearly uh, powerful enough to do anything like this, and they're of a completely different type. We are peaceful uh, peaceful ex- uh, explorers looking to make first contacts with uh, species out uh, beyond our own, and generally learn as much as possible. We generally like getting along, having friends... Enjoying a nice drink or two every once in a while, and yeah, just generally getting on with our days and learning as much as we can. Clearly you enjoy the sound of your
0: own voice. That too. What do you want? We obviously can't make you leave, so what will convince you to leave?
1: Uh, that we can't really do any good here? Like, in terms of negotiation, or reconciliation, or just generally trying to help out. Not in any military campaigns, but just general, trying to settle it, down the situation as much as possible. We've seen the devastation, and yeah, if we can help, we can certainly will. But yeah, just trying to get something back to normalcy here.
2: I assure
0: you the situation is quite normal. We neither asked for nor desire your help. If you wish to help, the best thing you can do is simply leave us.
1: Very well. I respect your wishes in that respect. Um, we'll try to take a non-threatening course out of here. Uh, we might end up in contact with your adversaries, and I say that simply because, well, it happens. I'm going to try to egress from the situation and not
0: get involved. If that's your wish. At this point, the communication has obviously been terminated after the point at which you said we will be in contact with your adversaries.
1: Crap! Graves just says this. Oh shit! And he tries to hail them again. The ship is basically trying to move away at what
0: amounts to one-third impulse speed.
1: Graves just shakes his head and is just like, God dang it, alright. Uh, Kara, there should be a data file. Um, he just takes a look at the ship, looks at the commander. Like, this, this is not how I like to do things. And Graves has that moment of I'm gonna do something for me. So he says, alright, there should be a data file supplied to you. Um... I want you to go ahead and put that in and put it on a high radio frequency uh, broadcast. We're going to get this
0: one out. I don't like where this is going. She uh, looks around for the data pack that she's been given and loads that into the communication system and starts it up. With a look of horror, that could potentially
1: happen. The file is labeled, Lieutenant Tardigrade Audition.
0: I bless the rains down in Africa. (laughs) yes (laughs)
1: just it's a demo reel of Lieutenant Tardigrade singing cutesy children songs and just go ahead play that confuse the hell out of everyone we can in this system if they want to talk to us then let's go ahead and do that and hell let's just keep flying around broadcasting this out like that's just playing out of his mind it's like okay let's just take a lazy spiral Um, just basically proceed away from their main fleet, see what else we can find. Let's not make a direct course, but yeah, let's just go ahead and make her presence felt a
0: little bit after that. Up front, Kara's eyebrow twitches. She just whispers quietly. Kill me.
2: (laughs) I'm a little tardigrade. Yes, I am. I am a tardigrade. I love him.
0: Would you like to play with me? Yes, you do. Because you'll be my friend, too. So Repeat. <laughs> with this extremely powerful radio signal now being broadcast out, <laughs> Nyssa turns and looks at the captain and says, I do believe there's one flaw in your plan, sir. And what would that be? If they only have radio communications... The amount of time it will take to cover this entire system within this message will be approximately three years. Three light years? Well, I do believe that the radiation is also bouncing some of it back and forth. Yeah, it was back to the envelope calculation, sir. The point is, it's going to take a lot longer uh, than we have. Well, we're broadcasting out
1: as we're making our, uh, making our way here. Let's just basically leave them with a little bit of a timed present, let's just say. So the
0: uh, Reliance spirals in and moves closer through the orbital belts towards the Sun and is met by a large group, say about 30 of the triangular ships, now dropping out of warp right next to them.
2: Baby shark! Baby
3: shark! Oh, please Baby no. shark!
0: Well, you're yeah, succeeding Graves in making says. us the center of attention here, Captain. I hope you have a good idea for what they do about that.
4: I thought torture was against
3: Federation uh. principles.
1: <laughs> Grace says, okay, cut the transmission, open a hailing
0: frequency to these people. You start to try to open a hailing frequency, and then another fleet of about 30 cylindrical ships drops out of warp on the other side of you.
1: Ugh. Grave says, all right.
3: Why do I feel wait. like we
1: wandered in the middle of a shooting gallery? We probably did. Waitley, Lee. Yes. Uh, can you identify the commanding officers?
3: I can endeavor to, Captain.
0: Uh, give me an insight command.
3: Let's see. Insight command is the same. Three successes. You're but a natural one.
0: Very quickly to pinpoint exactly who the commanders of both fleets are. Unsurprisingly, they're both in the lead ships leading from the front. They're either very brave or very stupid.
3: Waitley relays the information with a bit of a... uh, (laughs) There's like a slight uh, timber of chuckle to his voice as he uh, explains this.
1: Grave says, We're probably not going to get through to those idiots then. Uh, They've got a situation quite quite amenable to them. Let's see. And he's, yeah, uh, he's thinking, Waitley, would you be able to in- influence the emotional state of these individuals?
3: I can certainly try, sir.
0: There aren't enough bathrooms on the ship for everyone. Just remember that.
3: <laughs> what would you like me to uh, influence them to?
0: I want you
1: to impress on them. The idea that they've made, a terrible strategic mistake on a talk
3: understood sir
0: let's have Wait. presence command and I'm going to go ahead and give you a complication roll for threat on this it's going to be 17 again
3: let's any see fo-
0: any focuses apply uh, sure uh, I mean he probably has focuses that apply here
3: yeah I've, I've got a couple that definitely would apply Uh, what was the roll you said again
0: uh, just complication 17. Uh,
3: presence command. Presence command, so that'll be a 14. I'm going to use my psychology focus to basically make them realize that they should surrender.
2: Ooh, that's
3: Evil Waitly adding in a little. I forget. What did you, uh, I, what does, uh, Dead. using your focus do? It uh, makes get-
0: the the number of that basically your crit number, so, like, If your command was four, your crit wouldn't then be four or less.
3: Ah, okay. Three successes, no complications.
0: You don't exactly get a surrender, but you've definitely sown confusion, and both the fleets have kind of come to a stop. And I believe that that's where I think we're going to stop it for the night, as the Reliant is now in the middle of two different fleets of warships who hate each other, and now Waitley has just confused the hell out of them by their commanding officers going, You know what? Maybe we should surrender. Maybe war isn't the right way. And the rest of the bridge on those ships probably going, The hell? It's like it's mute
1: And
2: then,
1: then what starts playing on top of that?
2: Baby shark to do baby shark do baby shark do baby shark
1: as the madness spreads.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you guys are trying to stop a war or trying to start a new
2: one.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I've had I, no I, input. I've been banished to the, the medbay dimension.
2: <laughs> and, and, and as, I, as I, we pull back, we can just hear the the, the the sound of Baby Shark sung by Targary just fading out as we pull back.